welcome to episode 33, the Chris Draper edition. Tyler is per usual out parading <laughs> in Michigan somewhere. Who knows? But uh, no, Connor, how you doing, bud? I am, right? I am good. I was I was wishing that I'm you know like Tyler. He's always out and about doing something. Whether he's he's up north or going to I don't know I, I don't know where he was at this week, but he I know he was at the uh, a, a brewery. So we'll have to get him on to talk a little bit about that. I know people know about the brewery that I'm talking about. So when he's back on, we'll have to discuss that a little bit. So yeah. Um, absolutely I'm it looked kind of fun mm-hmm. Looked kind of fun yeah exactly I'm, I'm excited to get out there and uh try it out myself absolutely you've been watching any hockey i mean I it's kind of been, been uh mm-hmm. kind of been one-sided in all the series to say the least yeah yeah exactly i mean it's oh it's it's been good um i don't exactly know which series i like to watch the most i mean they're all fun we've talked about it kind of at, uh at you know a tiresome level here but i've been really enjoying the the islanders are just always surprising i don't know why but i'm like all right well now now they should be losing at a consistent level but they just haven't been and it's, it's I mean, barry trots man he yeah, just comes exactly. out of nowhere seriously i and so i mean they're I, I said it before a couple episodes ago they're not like the most fun team to watch but they're getting there a little bit because it's such good hockey like if, i guess the way i would describe it is if i was a young coach or somebody like coaching my kids or having kids that are starting to play hockey i'd be like hey guys watch this this is very good sound hockey like if you want to understand systems and how to play this is it and, and like that's the fun part about it because you don't have crazy superstars i mean they have a few but at the end of the day they're playing really good systems they're playing shut down d turnover hockey and you kind of saw how philly was able to to answer that a little bit more with the chips off the glass and um kind of the dump and chase type thing so i don't know it's fun it's nope. hockey <laughs> uh, you can't beat it uh so you just want to kick it over straight to our interview yeah, and this one was good. I mean, hopefully people uh, enjoy. This is pretty. I mean, they're all hockey focused, but this is more NHL focused, right? So I think people enjoy that. Um, it's a little bit different than what we've had in the past with uh, specific interviews and talking about players' history and things like that. So this one's good. Yeah. So uh, we had on the hockey Illuminati, uh, Frank Krupe. He joined us and uh, talked a little bit about the Maple Leafs hockey. Um, Kind of how he understands our struggle with uh, no playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, the Red Wings and Maple Leafs feel like they should be. They're two prominent teams that should be in the playoffs, making deep runs. But the Maple Leafs really haven't ever, and the Red Wings haven't for a while. So <laughs> we're both right? in each other's pains. <laughs> exactly. I really enjoyed his uh, take on you know the Leafs, their, what kind of trades he'd like to see, mm-hmm. um, and just just his just his view on the Leafs in general. Just because we have a lot of more Red Wings player players or people that like the red wings or you know just not leafs fans in general so. yeah he, he knows a lot about it and he almost put himself in like, like like any fan right you put yourself in the gm's position not even so much the coach but like okay how would i build the team and he had some really cool uh uh i wouldn't call him like real trades but like what to do with his team and who he would trade away and who he'd want to come and make a complete team and i i agreed with them wholeheartedly and a lot of that stuff is um, how to make the Leafs better. And it, it was interesting to get his perspective coming from like a huge Leafs fan. Absolutely. Let's just kick it over then. Well, 
You know what time it is. All right, our next guest was a former goalie for Adrian College Bulldogs, was there for four years. He's the founder and operator of the Hockey Content social media page and also the podcast Hockey Illuminati. He's also a Toronto native, huge Leafs fan. We have a lot to talk about. Please welcome to the Wing Sauce podcast, Frank Krupe. How you doing? What is up? What is up, fellas? Pleasure to be here. Greetings from uh, lovely Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, is that where you're at right now? I know you spent some time in uh, in Michigan as well, obviously, the past couple of years. Are you in uh, Toronto? I am broadcasting live from my parents' basement in uh, Markham, Ontario, which is about a uh, half hour north of the city. Beautiful. All right. All right. Good to know. There you go. So I, I wanted to, to kick this off. So I know that you you take some trips into into the city every now and then for for the hockey Illuminati page and and whatnot. Um, so first of all, what's it like to live near the bubble? Like, I mean, how crazy is security around? Like, how much of the city is actually shut down? Yeah, cool, cool question. So um, I've been into the city a few times. I spent a lot of time in the city, even though I live kind of north of it. But uh, I love rollerblading around. Uh, downtown Toronto, hashtag rollerblade gang. And uh, I I was cruising around a little bit and there's not as much as you'd think. So obviously there's there's just, there's two hotels that have been blocked off. There's the Fairmont, which is one of the most famous hotels uh, in Toronto. And then there's another one that's just on the outskirts of the city um, in, in an area called um, the CNE Fairgrounds. Uh, so there's, there's the two main hotels, and then there's obviously the Scotiabank Arena, which is right downtown. And uh, I did see if I could weasel my way into the Scotiabank Arena. Like, the very first game they played, uh, you know, when the playoffs started, I was down there on my rollerblades kind of cruising around the rink. Um, there, is a, there is an underground uh, tunnel that, like, the team buses go in and out of. And around that sort of underground uh, a tunnel there were a number of police officers and, and other uh, security so you can't, can't get anywhere near that um, and you can't even really get close to the main entrance uh, it's totally blocked off by these uh, uh, pillars and banners that say NHL playoffs on them and usually usually you'd be able to get right into uh, Maple Leaf Square uh, and watch games on the large TV to have outside but you can't get close to it um, same thing with the hotels you can't you can't walk up to the main entrance of the hotels. They're all blocked. So, uh, you know, they've, they've got a bit of a, I think they have an underground system for shuffling players in and out because there's a, there's a lot of underground stuff in Toronto in terms of like, uh, tunnels and walking areas. Um, I will tell you this. There are a lot of, I believe to be puck bunnies outside of the hotels looking up at the window (laughs) to see if they can get let in. (laughs) I saw one of your posts. You were like, yep. Keep trying, ladies. <laughs> I think it's a real thing. I mean, and they're not the only ones, but I tried as well. So <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So, so you you mentioned uh, Toronto Square. Is that that's the uh, kind of that famous outdoor area where people are outside the arena watching the game on the big screen? Is that the same? And just so I have my bearings, is that the same place where they had uh, like when they would show Toronto Raptor Toronto Raptors games and things like that I forget what they call that over there but is that in the same area yeah it's it's they, they share a rink and it, it is the same uh, it is the same viewing area outside like Jurassic Park last year there were thousands of people that backed all the way up and actually it's really cool if you, you know for people who've never been to Toronto um, like there's a there's a, a, a street that kind of connects uh, the hockey rink and where the Blue Jays play 
the Sky Dome, um, which obviously the CN Tower is right there. And there's a, a long street that you can kind of see both uh, on your left and on your right if you're standing in the middle of it. And when the Raptors were on their run, that street was completely filled all the way to the back. Um, we haven't had quite that many people there for Leaf playoffs yet because we can't get out of the first round. <laughs> but uh, I, I would imagine if we ever made the finals, uh, that square would be uh, just as packed uh, as it was for the Raps. Oh, I would have to imagine that it's going to be more. And that's why I brought up the Raptors, too, because I just remember seeing that. What, I think it was last year. I don't know. These years are going together right now. But at, last year, just just crazy amount of people in that square. But you bring up a good point. So the, I don't know if we want to hop into this right now, but you sound like you had some pent-up uh, frustration with the uh, with the Maple Leafs here in playoffs and everything like that. What, what's your what's your feeling right now with the team? Just a gut check. You know, Obviously, they're out right now. What, what are you feeling? Well, I mean, 30 years of pent-up frustration. How's that for sure? <laughs> um, we're, not all, uh, we're not all spoiled like you Wings fans where you got to watch your team just parade into the playoffs every year and have all types of success and Stanley Cops and you know, all these Hall of Fame players. Um, it's not easy being a Leaf fan. It's really not. Um, I, I, will, uh, I will say that you know, as years have gone on, you try not to, you try not to let it get – you try not to let it rattle you too much to your core because there's only so many times that this team can let you down and and drag you through the gutter, right? Like it seems it happens every it seems to happen every year. Um, right, right. So it may sound like there's some pent up frustration, but not really. I mean, it is we're, we're used to, we're used to the, the, the disappointments here in Toronto. Um, in terms of what I'm feeling with the team right now, um, I you know I've. I'm one of the few, not few Leaf fans, but I'm one of the uh, one of the Leaf fans that you know. Ever since uh, this team started getting constructed, um, have been skeptical. So you know, they brought in Tavares, they brought in some of these other guys. Um, they gave Neil under a long term deal. They didn't address the D. Like just the way that the team has been shaping up over the past couple of years, um, I, I've been very skeptical. Um, a lot of Leaf fans had hope and now we're at a point where, um, a lot of the bullshit has come to a head in terms of the way this team has been built in the last couple of years. And, and the most frustrating part is that, you know, the Leafs, like not, not too long ago, they were looking very promising, right? Like you had Marner, you had Matthews, you had Neil, we still have these guys, but you had all these guys super young and it was like, okay, we've got all these guys. Let's, let's build a great core around them. And, uh, uh, and the Leafs are going to have a Stanley Cup window that's, you know, five plus years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just a few short years later, um, that talk is now, okay, we've wasted a few years with these guys. Um, we have to revamp the whole team uh, in terms of like the, the bottom half of the team and even maybe some of the core guys. And maybe our Stanley Cup window is not five years anymore. Maybe it's like two years. Um, so things went from promising to a shit show. Uh, very very quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I can see that, and and that's kind of where I was thinking too. Is I was I was curious from a Leafs fan if it is uh, if the issue is with the core guys, and you listed some of them with the Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander, and and some of those guys, or if it's with like I kind of bucket it. It's like those guys. There's the third and fourth line that's not deep enough, or there's the the D core that's almost just not there besides a couple guys. So it's, there's a lot of different areas, and 
and room for improvement, even though it's weird when you look at some of the biggest superstars in the game with like the top four or five guys on the team. So that it's weird, right? <laughs> I'm like, I should be watching these guys go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, we, we, we should. And, and I mean, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of everything, right? Um, in terms of, uh, you know, all layers of the team from your superstars to your bottom six, to your D, to your defense, Oh, sorry, to your goaltender. Like there's holes in every aspect of, of the lineup. And, um, you know, like, like two years ago, I remember having conversations with my buddies about like, okay, the Leafs D is shit. Like this is not, this is not a recipe for, you know, uh, to be a contender. Mm-hmm. And right. when, when this season started, we said the same thing, you know, yeah, they look good up front, but they have horrible D and like, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that we're here now after a first round exit, still looking at this team and, and, and scratching our head. Like, Leaf fans have known that the defense is shit for a long time. Um, and I think that that's just one aspect of, of the, you know, the lineup that, is, that has got to be addressed, right? Yeah, yeah. And I will say, though, I mean, they're a fantastic team to watch. Like, coming from a, a person that's not a fan of the Leafs, they're, it's always must-watch hockey because you yeah, have to be Crazy. I know and it's funny. I, I talk to other fans uh, around the league who are uh, just you know casual observers of the Leafs and not diehard fans, and they love it. They're like, "Yeah, I would love watching Nealander play. You know, Mar- watching Marner dance is amazing, and and Matthews you know score from every angle of the ice. It's great when you don't have to when you don't have expectations uh, of them, and uh, and they can do those types of things. But unfortunately, they're not uh, they're not consistent in terms of you know bringing bringing that excitement uh, every night. Right. It's nice when you see them on a highlight, but when you're watching them every single night, like you said, they're not performing. It's a little different of a story. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. And so, and so Frank, I mean, what I would, what I would say, I would compare this Leafs team right now to kind of like the early nineties wings where we were winning games six to five, seven, six, seven, five, very offensive heavy, but the defense was, was garbage, garbage and, and the goaltending got no help. So um, one thing that kind of frustrates me is that if you're a true hockey fan, and not even just of the Leafs, of just hockey in general, you know that you have to have not only good offense, you have to have great defense and great goaltending to win a cup. So when you hit, when you hear year in and year out that the Leafs are a cup contender every single year, to me, it's like, what are they looking at? Are they just looking at offense? Because if so, sure, you can be in that conversation. But let's talk about defense and and goaltending too. And what what really uh, interests me about you know going on your page, you call it like you see it. You're a fan, but you also know bullshit when you hear it, right? So, I mean, you're not afraid to admit like the Leafs still have some work to do, right? And so, I'm curious from from your opinion. What would your solution be? And I know that there's a lot of ways you can go, but what what's the off the cuff answer for that? The solution in terms of in terms of uh, like personnel moves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, I like I like the wings comparison uh, that you that you drew on. I, like, how many years did Eisenman go before he won the cup? Was it close to ten? I think it was actually more than fifteen. That. Yeah, was for fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something I, ridiculous. It's funny. I, somebody somebody said that to me the other day. Compares comparing. Uh, Iserman to Matthews, where it's like, oh, you know, Iserman uh, had to go through a lot before he had success. So I, I like that comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and as well, when you talk about a cup contender, it's interesting. Like, like, how do you define a cup contender? What what is a cup contender? Is that someone who makes the playoffs, right? Because like the 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 world we're living in right now, with how much parity there is, if you make the playoffs, you're a cup contender, right? Like, I, I don't know if there are. Well, I think I think there are very few pretenders that are in the playoffs. Like, if you look at all the teams that uh, made it past the play-in round. They were all legit cup contenders, I think. Like, look at the Islanders, right? Like, they're who would ever thought that they could be potentially getting out of the East? But it's it's looking it's looking like it's a, there's a good chance, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, cup contenders. I mean, I, I guess there's different tiers of cup contenders. But I mean, if you're in the dance, you're you're a serious contender, in my opinion. Um, in terms of the, the personnel moves. God, I wish I was the general manager of this team. Uh, <laughs> I think the first thing I would do is uh, it's clear that the core that they have, that the main core that the team was built around, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, Tavares, um, I don't think these guys – I don't think they've got what it takes to to get to really get the job done. Um, there's no team in the league that's paying three guys $10 million each, right? Right. No team. Yep. I don't believe so. Maybe maybe the Hawks actually, but I don't like. It's not. They got their cups. Yeah. Um, my first move would be to trade Willie Nylander, and I, like I've been saying this for for years. You're not. You're never ever going to win a Stanley Cup with a guy like Willie Nylander in your top six, relying on him to actually fucking be consistent and do shit. Like he's just so so disengaged sometimes. Um, I, I mentioned this before. This he floats around. He doesn't play D. He just looks like he gives no shits whatsoever. And um, never backchecks, dude. He doesn't backcheck. And like, I, I don't want to pick on just one guy, but like, if this is a guy that is in your core, your so-called core of players that you're relying on to help you win games, and, and it's different. You know, like the Leafs have been built around offense, like speed and skill. And when one of the main guys that you've built your team around is Willie Nylander, you are not. You are not going to win. You're not going to win a Stanley Cup with him on your roster. I, I, I firmly believe that. I would, he would be the first one out the gate for me um, to bring back some type of uh, defensive asset. Um, I would seriously consider stripping Tavares of the C and giving it to Morgan Riley. I was thinking about that too. I don't know why they get. I, they jumped the gun on handing it to Tavares. For the life of me, I, I do not understand why that decision was made so quickly to hand the captaincy over to John Tavares, who and listen, there's different types of leaders. Okay. You have the captains that are, and I'm sure Tyler, you know this, right? Like from playing hockey and, and, and you have two types of captains. You have the ones that are, uh, that are quiet that lead by example, um, that work their asses off in practice every day that set the tone. They don't get in trouble off the ice. You know, they're great in the media, that kind of stuff. Can be can be great. And then you have the other captains that are, you know, raw, raw in your face, fire the team up, you know, chirp, chirp other players, get in the ref's face, like a real a real thunder, thunderbolt in the dressing room they can be. And Tavares is obviously the first one that I mentioned. Um which is not the – I don't think that's the right leadership style for what this team needs. Like you've got a bunch of kids um, that have problems sometimes getting their head into the game. I mean, M- Mitch Marner said that he, was, he wasn't he was engaged in game one. Like give me a fucking break. That's <laughs> ridiculous. So 
I don't think he's the right type of captain. For, I mean, if, 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 if the Leafs were a veteran team with older guys that, uh, you know, had been through the ringer a little bit, I could see Tavares, his style of captaincy being a fit. But well, for what the Leafs are, it's just not it. And, you know, Morgan Riley was a guy they drafted at 18 years old. He's been with the team for, you know, God knows how many years now. I mean, I think he's 26 maybe. He's a homegrown um, pick. He's a homegrown pick. and. Um, he never takes a night off ever, 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 ever. And, you know, there are some nights when, when he makes our decor look somewhat respectable just because he's out there grinding his ass off. And, mm-hmm. um, I was pissed when, honestly, I was pissed when they, when I saw them give it to Johnny T, a guy who, um, I know I'm rambling now about this, but, uh, you know, that's no, a guy who doesn't. No, no proven success with the Islanders in the playoffs. Okay, and they're doing just dandy right now without him. Um, right. No proven success, and you you hand it over to him just because, you know, why? Because he decided to come home. Like I, I think that I think that in the pitch that you know the Leafs had made to him when they were uh, wooing him in free agency was that yeah you're gonna we're gonna sign you and we're gonna give you the captaincy as well. I'm sure that was part of their pitch to bring him home. Um, and they jumped the gun on that big time. Mm-hmm. It sounds good on headlines, but when it comes to the actual team, when you know when when everyone was talking about all oh, yeah the the Leafs are going to name a captain, I thought that they were going to go along the lines of either Morgan Riley or maybe even Austin Matthews. It, you know what? Put put the whole crap aside where you know he was um, in Scottsdale or something like that. You know the headlines. That, that he yeah. was in for whatever he did. I I don't even remember the story, but you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, put that aside, yeah. you, you talk about a guy who play, he, he never takes a shift off either. Matthews is consistently one of the best players in the NHL. Does that always mean you should be a captain? No, definitely not. But I do think that he shows resiliency. Uh, even when the chips are down, if, if the Leafs are having a bad game, he doesn't. And so I thought that they were either going to go with him or with Morgan Riley. They're both homegrown draft picks. They're both young. They, they, they were there when, when the team was crap, they were there when, when the team didn't make playoffs, you know, when uh, I think it was Babcock's first year of, of uh, coaching or whatever. So those guys were Mm -hmm. there and I just thought that they were going to go a different route. Did it surprise me that they went with Tavares? No, it didn't. But I, I, I was really curious to hear your thoughts on it just because I know just from hearing some of your rants on, on the hockey Illuminati page, you're not the biggest fan of, of John Tavares, like the signing at all. Right? No, not at all. And, and just to address one quick point, you mentioned about Matthews uh, not taking nights off. Uh, I hate to say it, but you're wrong about that. I mean, and, and most Leaf fans would tell you during the regular season, um, there are some, every now and then, I don't know what it is, but there are some nights where Austin Matthews, I swear to God, he walks into the rink saying to himself, okay, yeah, you know what? Like I've been really good the last like five or six games. Like I'm just, I'm totally out to lunch tonight. I'm not going to try. Like there are, really? there are, I don't know what it is. Like it's like every, every six or seven games or so he, you might as well leave him on the bench the whole game because he's just like, he's totally not engaged. So I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe it's like a weird, you know, Gen Z thing where he's like, you know, getting excited to get home and play <laughs> or whatever. But um, I, I don't, I don't know. But the, but but the important thing with Matthews is that that doesn't happen in playoffs. It doesn't happen in playoffs. He's a point he's a point per game guy in the playoffs for the Leafs, and uh, and he showed up big time again uh, 
you know, in the Columbus series this year. So as far as I'm concerned, you can take some nights off in the regular season. Dude, um, let's let's talk about that series though. Holy shit. It went from three nothing. I think it was yeah, it was three nothing um Leafs up first, right? And then Columbus came back and won. And then the same exact thing happened the the night after or two nights after. Like what did you almost have a heart attack as a fan? What the hell was going through your head? Yeah, that was uh, – I've never seen anything like that before live. Um, I could tell you that as, as a former goaltender, there were definitely some uh, games that I was playing in in which my team had a 3 nothing lead, and I probably let three goals in in five minutes to, uh, to tie it up <laughs> and then get an older time. Might have happened a few times at Adrian, um, which is why I didn't see too much action. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, as a, as a fan, I don't uh, – I don't, you know, you don't, you don't see that very often. And, you know, just, it just goes to show you like this Leaf team and this Leaf team has done, they've done that so many times, maybe not from three goals down, but I can't tell them, I can't tell you how many times where uh, the Leafs are, are totally asleep at the switch for the first, you know, 50 minutes of the game. And then the last 10 minutes, they, they look like, you know, the God's gift to hockey, the way they can fly around and, and, and fill the net. So, um, uh, honestly, it wasn't. I mean, obviously, when it happened, it was very, it was, it was shocking. But it wasn't surprised to see that they have the ability to do that. Um, you know, they did get, they did get a little lucky. I mean, one of the goals, um, Corpus or not was it Corpus in it? Yeah, he almost had it, barely crossed the line. So like, they had, uh, they had the hockey gods on their side that night. But uh, it was, it was crazy. I remember sitting there at my cousin's house, we're, we're having a viewing party, and. Uh, the Raptors were playing that night and like the whole time we're like, we, let's just put the Raptors game on and like, just fucking put us out of our misery. Like this is so disheartening. <laughs> and we were like going back and forth with the Raps game, like in the third period, that's how upset we were. Like I couldn't even watch it. I didn't even want to watch it. And, uh, you know, obviously they, uh, they came back, but even after that game was done, I sat there and I said, this doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a fucking thing because they still have to they still have to finish the job and win the series, right? So, um, I mean, it was a cool, hey, where were you when that happened moment, but it really means it's meaningless, kind of. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if you have seen the well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm almost 100% positive that you've seen the uh, the news that, uh, you guys are possibly going to go after Petrangelo. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that and possibly spending nearly $40 million in, in four players. If you guys land that deal, what are your thoughts on uh, Alex Petrangelo? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously that would be, uh, obviously that would be amazing. Um, funny side story. Petrangelo uh, scored a sick shorthanded goal on me one time when I was a kid. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, he was playing with he was playing in the GTHL, and I was with the uh, uh, the Islanders, uh, Mage slash Markham Majors, and uh, he made me look silly one night. But um, you gave that one to him just to make I him feel. Him, that's, that's, what, that's what I tell myself exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to give I used to give a lot to a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> Very generous guy. <laughs> exactly, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> I, th- I think the Leafs will definitely try and make a play for him. Um, there's no doubt that they're going to try and lure him um, because they will have a little cap to play with here. But, I mean, put yourself in Petrangelo's shoes. Would you want to leave uh, the St. Louis Blues, 
whom you just captained to a Stanley Cup, uh, still have championship pedigree uh, and a Stanley Cup window. You want to leave what you have there in St. Louis to come to Toronto, um, a city that has the most uh, toxic fan base with people like myself um, <laughs> and uh, a toxic media, um, not to mention the team itself is a bit of a shit show right now and, and who knows what it's going to be like. I mean, would you want to leave St. Louis to come to Toronto for that? No, I, I don't think I'd ever leave St. Louis, to be honest for me. If I was, if I was a player there, I would be riding off in the, in the sunset playing in St. Louis, a pretty nice city. You, yeah. you, you know, you just won. You have like a fan base that loves you but doesn't really get on you when you're not playing well. They just want you to do well, <laughs> you know, so – I, I would, yeah. To your point, yeah. I mean, you you got your fan base, including uh, as you said it yourself, you that that's a tough place to play, no matter how much money you're making. It is, and, so. and I mean, look at look at Tavares, right? Like, I mean, I bet Petrangelo is probably sitting here thinking, "Holy shit!" You know, two years ago, Tavares was the savior. Uh, he came home, uh, you know, little kid in his leaf pajamas, uh, welcome back, and and now fucking half the city hates him, and it's like right. probably sitting there thinking like. Shit! If I come home, there's going to be a ton of pressure on me, and uh, and if I don't live up to it, it, you know, my home city's going to turn on me as well. Like you don't you don't need that, right? So I, I think it's I, I'd honestly be shocked if Tavares or um, if Petrangelo was wearing a blue and white jersey next year. Um, he may not end up back in St. Louis, but I, I, I think being in Toronto is is probably low on his um, you know desired list. I'd I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Leafs go after a guy. I mentioned it in one of my Instagram rants yesterday, but I'd like to see the Leafs go after a guy like Max Domi. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, I could see I, that being a good fit. Yeah, because the fan, fans would rally around him, and I feel like that's a low, like a, a low pressure signing that you know fans love. It gets the guys going, still puts up points. It's a fun yep. guy to watch, and, and yep. he could be playing on any like one through four any yep. line. Exactly. Like they need to. They need to get a little bit of sandpaper in their lineup. Um, you know, if I'm Kyle Dubas, I'm calling up the Calgary Flames and saying, okay, name your price for Matthew Kachuk. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Yep. Or even Brady Kachuk. Like, these yeah, are right. guys that, that, the Leafs, that the Leafs need. Um, you you got to get some sandpaper into the lineup because it's just – If you want to do it on the cheap, Frank, someone that you got that the Leafs might even consider – because uh, someone who needs a fresh start is Jake Vertanen. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how seriously they would consider it, but someone who has a little bit of grit to their game and who needs a fresh start. I do. I. I don't. I'm not sure if Toronto is the best team or for a fresh start, but you, you know where I'm going with it. You can go a little I bit. Do. I, don't, and, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't mind Vertanen, but but I mean, realistically, he's he's never going to be a top six guy, right? He's a third fourth liner and. And and there's there are a lot of Jake Vertanen's out there. You need someone, you need someone in your top six that has sandpaper. Like even even a guy like McKinnon, like he drops the gloves the other night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Do you think that anyone in the Leafs' top six would ever drop the gloves? No, and that's actually you know what what I, I, more goddamn chance in hell you'd ever see Matthews or Marner, uh, you know Tavares. Uh, maybe here and there he'll he'll grind a you know a little bit with guys after the whistle and stuff like that, but. But none of these guys have any bite to their game. So you need you need players. Even Crosby's got some bite to his game. I mean, how many fights does he have in his career? Right. You know? 
Yeah, he's definitely got a few. Well, he's been he's forced because no one sticks up for him. He's got to stick up for himself. Right. And so it, it, it's, it's one thing to, to have guys like Vertanen and, you know, some of these other guys in your bottom six, but you need impactful players, leaders, core guys that have that, that, have that sandpaper. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, when the Leafs lose again next year uh, in the playoffs, you know, they're not going to point the fingers at Jake Vertanen or some of these other bottom six guys, right? Yeah. It's going to be... It's going to be the core. So, you know, they, they, they got to they gotta make some moves. And, and, you know, personally, I don't think that – I don't think we're going to see any of the top four guys get traded. Um, you know, Nealander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, uh, their jobs are safe for one more year because Kyle Dugas uh, still believes in his, uh, you know, system. He still believes in his analytics. And th- this group is going to get one more chance, um, which I don't agree with. But – I, I, I think you'll see a very, very different team take the ice next year for Toronto outside of uh, that main four core of forwards uh, and Morgan Riley. Those are really the only five guys that uh, that are set in stone to, to move on next year. Yeah. Yeah, I think – So, Frank oh, – no, oh, no, oh, I, I was just going to ask you, Frank, real quick, you know, while we're talking about the core and everything else, about the Kapanen trade that happened – What's your thoughts on that, real quick? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, Kapanen is a guy that you know, it's funny we're talking about guys you know with, that have a little sandpaper and grit to their game. He was one of the few guys the Leafs had that that we saw that from. Um, him, Travis Dermott has had a little bit of fight in him. Um, shit, that's really it. You know, well, I guess you could say <laughs> a guy like you could say a guy like Jake Muzzin as well. <laughs> Muzz, who I love, but um. Kapanen is Kapanen is um, one of the fastest guys in the league, right? Yeah, and super quick. He's super quick, like McDavid speed almost. Um, and he's got pretty good hands, and he's got a hell of a shot. So, how did he only score thirteen goals this year? Well, that that's exactly because he can't hit the net. I uh, I was net. one. Well, I, w- I was drawing the comparison that he is literally on like Andreas Athanasiu. That's He's right. No, that's, you mentioned that on my page. That's right. Yeah. And that's that's a great example, right? So for me, I look at this guy and I'm like, you're one of the fastest guys in the league and you have a hell of a shot. You can't hit the net, but it's a hell of a shot. And, <laughs> you know, you got, you got good hands too and you got grit and you're not effective at all. Like, uh, I just, I don't, I don't see that as being a huge loss. Um, there were, I mean, Kapanen was the most invisible forward in that Columbus series. Yep. Um, so, you know, I don't mind losing him. And again, they're clearing some cap space, uh, which is good. And shit, they got a first round pick, which, um, you know, if I'm Dubas, I'm going to try and, 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 and trade that, uh, you know, to get some value now, because I think even though you can get a pretty good player uh, at 15, like we've seen some sick, uh, guys go in the 10 to 20 slot in the draft in the last number of years. So even though you could get a good player, I don't think you're going to get somebody that's going to help you win the cup in the next two to three years, which is what the Leafs window, you know, probably is. Um, so I'd like to see them flip this pick that they got. And I think Dubas might, he might do that because again, you know, we don't need more guys in the Marlies right now. We need, we got to shore up. Uh, RD in our bottom six. So I think it was a good deal. Um, Jimmy Rutherford in, in Pittsburgh, he's kind of like a, in a no fucks given mode. Like he knows that his, 
he knows that his uh, his tenure is coming to an end in Pittsburgh. So he does, what does he care like what the prospect system looks like? He's he's trying to get one more cup run before he gets fired. So um, everyone was like, oh, it was a bad move by Pittsburgh. You know, they gave up too much, and yeah, they probably did. But but this is what happens when you have a GM who um, you know was a little long in the tooth, and uh, and he sees oh, that an was aging. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we'll see. It was a good move, but what you know, more importantly, Dubis's next move is going to be. Uh, really under the microscope. Absolutely. So we we have just two more questions before we just you know wrap things up here. So uh, a couple months ago, uh, one of our one of our first episodes that we that we had, we talked about the next Canadian team that we think uh, has the best chance to win the cup and why. And mm. uh, I, I I was curious to find out what your answer with with this is going to be. Um, just because I know that you're a huge fan of Toronto, but I also know that you're a realist. So I, uh, what would be your answer to that? Well, I mean, obviously you have the Canucks that are going right now, right? right. Yeah. Um, that was and, my pick when we had, yeah. that. you know, I, I probably wouldn't have picked the Canucks. I mean, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the playoffs, which team has the best chance, I would have said Toronto, a little bit of bias, but I mean, they also had the best team on paper. Um, or, or so we thought. Um, I don't know. I mean, if if all of the teams, all of the Canadian teams are kind of in um, kind of in weird places right now, I think, um, other than Vancouver, who obviously have a sick core. Um, and if they, if they, let's say Vancouver doesn't win the cup next year, I mean, if we're speaking theoretically next year, it's, it's a coin flip, right? Like I think like the Jets, Calgary and the Leafs are kind of all in the same position right now, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. they're kind of like on the verge of being contenders, but they still have pretty big holes to address, but they've got good cores. Um, I mean, Edmonton a little bit. I don't even know what, I just want Edmonton to, to go further in the playoffs so I can watch more McDavid. But that's yeah, you know what? Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't because of Ken Holland, but yeah, I do. I kind of do because yeah. of McDavid, so it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't mention I didn't mention Edmonton. I forgot about them because I I try to block them out of my. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to Understandable. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I I think I think I I think I think I'd probably. Uh, I tell you what, would you trade? Here's an interesting question. Someone asked me this the other day. Would you trade the Leafs core four, so Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander for the Vancouver Canucks core four? Which is Besser, Horvat, Quinn Hughes, and Patterson. Can we get it's a side by side financial? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, if if if, yeah. if you were which core four would you rather have? Yeah, it's, no, a, that, it's that, a tough question though because yeah. I mean, uh, I, I if you look on paper, I would rather have the Leafs core four, but. When when you look at the the Canucks play their core four or whatever. They, um, it seems like they gel much better together than the Leafs do, and I don't know what to attribute that to. I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if if that's you know maybe being. And we all know Vancouver is also a crazy hockey city as well. You know Toronto's not alone, but um, I don't know if there's as much scrutiny in in Vancouver. And, and I know that you know some people may not think that that weighs in. It, it definitely does. Oh, Look at Kadri. Kadri. Kadri was. His confidence was absolutely crushed by Mike Babcock, and then, um, look and then, now. look at him now. Yeah, 
So, so there's there's definitely more uh, the scrutiny in Toronto compared to Vancouver. It's not even close. I mean, just people on the West Coast are more laid back in general and a lot more chill in Toronto. People, we're fucked. Like we're living in a we're living in a in a in a psychotic bubble here where it's go go, <laughs> you know, rushing all the time. Uh, so you know, there's there's a lot more. Uh, I don't want to say negative energy, but it's pressure. It's just like yeah, there's a lot of pressure. It's just the people the people are very different. Actually, so you know. I say official, uh, but then again, Vancouver. You know, this is a city that riots after they lose the Stanley Cup Finals. So, right. <laughs> I, I think it's like in in uh, in Toronto. It's like if I'm a player, if I'm one of the top studs on the team, and I have a game one day, and I know I have to go to the mall next the next day to go shopping, I like better have a good game the day before because it's just going to be a shit show the next day. It's like yeah. that bad where you can't leave your your apartment or your house or whatever if you play bad. It is. It's really bad. And, and I mean, a, a good example of that right there is, um, you know, a guy like Steve Stamkos, who there was a lot of talk about him coming home mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago when he was a free agent. And why would you want to leave a place where you can walk down the beach and not get hassled and go to restaurants and not get hassled to a place where, you know, you couldn't walk down the street without, you know, someone hollering at you? So yeah, like he better put up fifty goals if, if yeah, coming yeah, and even if you do, I mean, even even <laughs> if you're mobbed, though, you're gonna get you're gonna get mobbed because you know people are crazy in Toronto for hockey. Um, yeah. so, so that's why we all love. That's why we love Toronto. It's the, that's why we, we love, love Toronto, the craziness. Got it. <laughs> so the the last question that we have here, just just to wrap things up, um, in your opinion, who is your cup favorite currently? As of right today, recording, um, mm-hmm. you know what? If I had to put, if I had to put some money down, I would say the Vegas Golden Knights, and yep. mm-hmm. I just, I just really like the, their lineup from top to bottom. Um, depth. They have amazing depth. Uh, Robin Lehner is is a guy who uh, has been through a lot in his career and his like, I, I think they're very, they're a very motivated team. So like you have a guy like Laner who, um, and I, and I believe it's Laner. Um, I might be wrong, but was it, was he not the goalie that was battling some like alcoholism and depression yep. and that kind yeah, of stuff? He was. He was yep, right? that's him. Okay. So you've got a guy who's like, a, you know, almost living, you know, almost has a new lease on life, I would say. Okay, because that's usually what happens to people when they go through, uh, you know, scenarios like that. And he's playing unfucking believable right now for Vegas, right? Oh yeah. Um, and you have a team as well that's hungry. Like they were in the, like most of the lineup that was in the finals from two years ago is still intact, right? So you have you have guys that tasted it and got close, and they're hungry. And um, man, like just you know. Again, their depth from top to bottom, they're just they're just built so well. So I think this is the combination of what their lineup is and, and the chemistry in terms of being hungry. Um, if I was putting money down at this moment, I'd go with them. Yeah, and you got you got uh, Revo there. I mean, I, can you just imagine with a guy like Reeves or Tom Wilson on on the Maple Leafs? Talk about sandpaper. That's what oh, you need right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, those are two guys that that I didn't mention. Yeah, get them mention. both. Like, yeah, right. yeah, get them both. <laughs> get them both. You know what's funny? Me and my buddy were talking today because. Uh, just really quickly on the Leafs. And I've got, I mean, I've got a few more minutes if you guys want to squeeze another question in. Um, but uh, my one buddy was, 
was talking to me. He's like, so apparently Joe Thornton wants to come back to Toronto, right? Um, Elliot Friedman was reporting that like a couple of weeks ago that he, uh, he would be open to coming to the Leafs. And, uh, you know, Jason Spez is going to want to come back to the Leafs as well, right? Um, why not bring Thornton back? Patty Marlowe's a free agent. Bring him back as well. And now you got a fourth line of Spezza, Marlowe, and <laughs> Joe Thornton. Oh, man. That that would be unreal. And actually, what I was uh, thinking back when you were talking about this is, uh, you know, kind of the whole sandpaper. You need that gritty guy, like a, a good gritty guy that you want on, like, your top two, possibly three lines. I feel like a lot of these teams that go to play Toronto, they, they're just not afraid. You know, and maybe afraid is the wrong word, but they're they're just – Hey, we, they got a great top line, but nobody's going to rough me up in the corners. Nobody's going to do anything really about it. I can I can do whatever I want and, and get out of there the next day without any bruises or anything. I mean, yeah. I, I would just love to see a guy, and I, I said it just a second ago, but man, Tom Wilson, I know he's like, he's, he's one of a kind, obviously, but a guy like that that can put up some points and, and not be afraid of anybody, and, and you have these legit stu- superstars, on the lines, that's man, that'd be an awesome team. They're already a fun team to watch, but uh, you need one guy like that just to really drive some fear. Yeah, I I, I, I hear you, man. Um, uh, those are those are two guys I would definitely kick tires on as well. You know, if I'm Dubas, but man, what would it, what would it even take to get a guy like Reeves or Wilson out of there? You have to give up a king's ransom. Yeah, right? you, you have to you have to give them the the uh, the C on their chest, strip it from Tavares. Yeah. No problem. I'll, I'll rip it off a sweater myself. <laughs> just go to just go to the A and, and figure uh, find a guy like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man. Well, Frank, I, I actually instead of the last question, I thought that the the last couple minutes would be a good a good time for you to talk about um, about your your page, your your podcast, and everything, and and where people can find you on social media. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, you can find us. Uh, I mean, most most of the action is on uh, our Instagram page uh, at Hockey Illuminati. Um, we've put out roughly thirty podcast episodes to date, um, and we've done uh, in depth documentary style interviews with uh, NHL players, uh, female Olympians, retired NHLers, etc. So um, you can find us on uh, any podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, by searching Hockey Illuminati. And we've done uh, some really, really good interviews um, with uh, with players like Steve Stamkos, Mike Camilleri, uh, Hal Gill, Nick Antropov, uh, who am I forgetting? Some old-timers like Bernie Nichols. Um, I've got some uh, new episodes that are coming out uh, in the next couple of m- next month or so. And then I'm also, uh, hoping to have some exciting news, um, in terms of like a, a partnership sort of affiliation, uh, scenario with, uh, with us, with another company that, uh, I will begin to start, uh, doing some more regular podcast episodes on because my, my podcasting has been, uh, fairly inconsistent uh, for, for the fans that really follow the hockey Illuminati. They're always like, Frank, when's the next episode? How can you even put anything on the long time? <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not consistent with it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, anyways, if, if you're new and you want to check us out, um, the first interview we did with Steve Stamkos, uh, was referred to a lot of our fans as one of the best interviews they've ever heard. So, 
you want to check us out, I would check that out and, uh, and away we go. Awesome. 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 We thank you very much for, for coming on. We've, we've had a blast and, uh, yeah, we're going to have to have you on in, uh, in a few months when, uh, when the Leafs kick off their season. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it boys. Anytime. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch. Excellent. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. All right, man. You done goofed. Frank, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed your views on the Maple Leafs. Uh, hope to have you back on once we get some hockey going for both the Red Wings and the Leafs. Connor, what'd you think? Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I mean, we touched on it before, but, um, and like you said, we'll definitely need to have him come on. And uh, we talked about a trade that went down um, with the Maple Leafs recently, but I'm sure, and we again talked about it during the interview, but there's going to be more stuff that's happening with the Leafs and we'll need to get them on hopefully before next season, just to kind of go through everything and what they did with their draft picks. Did they want to get guys to win now? Did they trade some guys to, to get more draft picks for the future? What they do with the Marlies? You know, all that kind of stuff will play into it. So we'll definitely need to have him come back on and um, go through the rundown. And hopefully we're feeling positive with the Red Wings too. So we can talk Red Wings and Maple Leafs, but I'm not so sure on the whole Red Wings piece. <laughs> hey, I, we can be optimistic. I'm hoping that uh, we get a good draft pick and hopefully some of our younger players start to pan out and we can actually pull them up into the NHL as opposed to just keeping them down speaking in the that, AHL. No, yeah, no, speaking of that, I think, and I'm not going to sound, cause I don't have the names right in front of me, so I'm not going to sound like I did my research here, but we've had a few guys go out on loan to, to, yes. to continue playing. So that's pretty yeah. good to see. Yeah, so we've had um, good old. I'm literally having a fucking. I'm pulling. I'm pulling to you right now. Yeah, seriously. let's see here. Uh, <laughs> Usually, you're the guy for this, Dustin. Come on. I I know. Well, Tyler would be chirp, chirping in right now. Be like, ah, blah blah blah. Yeah, he'd have like four pages. No shit. <laughs> fucking a. Well, Why am I? Like, Philip Zadina. Yeah, Philip Zadina is one of them. Definitely Zadina. Uh, it's two Czech players. So Zadina mm-hmm. and who is the other one? We definitely just, have. Actually, you posted it, didn't you? Yeah, I just posted it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, someone just, I just posted something. Yeah. So everyone's probably sitting here like, you guys are idiots. You yeah, just like, we've it. seen this. This is old news. No, but uh, uh, Ronick. Oh, Ronick. Yep. I was just about to say that because it was in our group chat too. So. Yep. Um, yep so Ronick. So two, two two Czech boys are over there playing, which I like. I actually mm-hmm. like that. Instead of them sitting here doing nothing, not getting their legs moving, they're actually playing some hockey. Yeah, absolutely. And like they're playing more than. I mean, think about all the other guys in the league, and I'm sure this is happening with other teams that just, again, haven't done that research to figure out who's continuing to play. But, I mean, think how many players are in the NHL right now not playing. So it's good to have, you know, some competitive hockey and to go over. There's no reason for the, the Red Wings to not let the, the players go on alone to go continue. No, I mean, it's just silly. What's going to happen? They're going to get injured? Okay, well, they're gonna, they could get injured playing in the ECHL or the AHL as well. So Exactly, yeah. Better to get them a little ice time, get them moving, hopefully get them ready for the season. Uh, I, so, real quick, mm-hmm. the draft, I think, is October, correct? Correct, yep. Yep, so we got a month out, roughly. It was at the end of October. Yeah. Do you know? No, I, I don't know when it is in October. I don't know the exact okay. day. I can look it up real quick, but you make your point while I look that up. Uh, only thing I was just, only point I was going to make is, you know, it's, it's kind of getting to the point where we're winding down. Um, we're almost to the conference finals, Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, soon we're going to have a Stanley Cup, and then it's going to be right back to regular season hockey. 
No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that. Like, first of all, so I, actually it's so October 9th and 10th, I think is when it's scheduled for. Um, but that, yeah, you're right. That's coming up quick. I'm excited to see what the Red Wings do with that, but we're going to have some, we, we really don't know what's happening next year, do we? No, I'm not going to like jump ahead of <laughs> the playoffs. I know they're going on right now. Um, but it, it's kind of crazy that, that we don't, we haven't really heard anything. I feel like the playoffs have been going on and so people have just been focused on that and not really question what's going to happen next year and how much time there's going to be off or, or when the playoffs are going to happen next year and kind of work backwards from that point. So my thing is, do you think there's going to be a bubble? Is it going to be like we're going to have four bubble cities and they're just going to play hockey in four bubble cities? Mm, I know. I've seen that report come out. Um, I mean, until they find like a vaccine for the coronavirus, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't foresee them being able to play. That's why I, I keep on telling everyone the NFL, mark my words, the NFL, if they don't do bubble cities, they will not finish the season. Well, I was just about to bring up the NFL. I mean, the the uh, the NBA and the NHL are going to have so many learnings. That's the only good part about them playing in a bubble right now and the other leagues kicking it off, like the MLB and uh, the NFL, them not being in a bubble. I, I understand why you can't be in some of those leagues as well, just with the amount of players and the amount of teams and the locations and everything. Um, but the NHL should, have, should learn a ton over the next – two months of uh, watching the other leagues probably struggle. I mean, then with like baseball alone, is just, they're oh, baseball's mess. terrible. I mean, oh. they, you can like count on a, uh, a postponed game every week. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. I mean, the Marlins alone had their whole entire team infected. <laughs> right. So, I mean, right there. And that's just ignorance. I mean, did you see the St. Louis blues? They've talking about that. Uh, I can't remember 20 or 30% of their players before, uh, they went into the bubble, had COVID or something like that. So that's mm-hmm. why they that's why they probably lost. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. That's a last ditch effort. Just just take the just take the L. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, we don't need to hear that. I'm sure the yeah. fans don't need to hear that either. No, and I don't think it makes it any better, right? Well, this is why we lost. Yeah. Well, is it? <laughs> right. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And luckily, while we figure all that out, we have some hockey, and um, we're not gonna we've we've uh, gone through the matchups and set our winners and everything but one uh one series i wanted to bring up jesus one series i wanted to bring up is boston and tampa i mean boston won the president's cup the trophy jesus whatever one it is and then tore through carolina tore through carolina yep and now but they did struggle in the playing game so but i i kind of called that you did call that, and and I, I think I agree with you. I think you were saying they're kind of playing, you know, light, if you yeah. will, just kind of get their feet, get their feet moving, yeah. you know, kind of figuring it out. So th- the playing rounds, I, I'm not going to account for. Mm-hmm. Boston came in against Carolina, beat the crap out of them. Like you're mentioning, though, Tampa is just taking it to them right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they're uh, it's a it's a great it's a great series, and it's kind of back and forth. It doesn't seem as one sided as the three as the um, the series shown, which is three to one Tampa. Right now it is anyway. So, but Boston facing elimination. I don't know. I mean, if I, I really like the team that comes out of this. I know there's, uh, there's some other, you know, some great other teams out there right now, but this is the matchup, right? With two powerhouse teams that you feel whoever wins this feels like they can take on anybody and it should feel like that, to be honest. I mean, they, they'd be that complete team that just took on another top contending team. Yep. I mean, to be, to, I mean, Tampa had that seven and one spanking, right? And mm-hmm. they came in three and one. And so, I mean, like you said, they're facing elimination. Um, that's going on tomorrow night, uh, or the night that this episode releases, it'll be it'll be going on. Um, just real quick, 
are you thinking Tampa's is going to win out that game or is Boston actually going to come to play? Um, so I'm just going to talk. I don't know exactly where I'm thinking, but I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Tampa's going to win this out. And the only reason I say that is I just feel like Boston looked a little bit defeated at the end. They didn't look like they really had an answer the last two games. They feel like they played well. well once you lose seven to one, I mean, what's what's the answer to that? Yeah, right. It's like, and then and then when you do feel like you play well enough to win, and you still lose because you can't get past the goalie. That's well, I think. And when you come out of an overtime overtime loss, right, and yep. then you lose seven to one, mm-hmm. and then you lose three to one, you're sitting there, you're feeling pretty defeated. Yeah, yeah, and three to one wasn't like I felt like Boston played pretty well. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but that being but that being said, I mean it's. Anytime I feel like your back's against the wall, you have to play such methodical hockey, mm-hmm. and you can't be as you can't be as aggressive, right? Because you make a mistake, they score. You know that, that's, season's over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. I mean, they but the one thing they have on their side is that they're not a. I'm trying to think of an example of this, but you're not a. You know, if Toronto was in this position, right? You're a young yeah. team that hasn't been there before. Boston's been there. Their entire roster has pretty much been there through some pretty long playoff runs, if not winning a, a, uh, a Stanley cup. So they, they're, they have the right team to come back from this, but they're also playing a very tough team. That's made long runs in, and, and is built to make long runs. Yep. I agree. And, uh, on one more note, uh, Frank, I like your pick for the, uh, Stanley cup winner Vegas Knights. I agree with you. <laughs> of course you say that. Right. Well, anything else? No, no, but Vegas, I mean, people, it's going to be released tomorrow, this episode, but Vegas plays tonight where we are recording on Sunday night. So we'll see uh, see how they do, and um, hopefully they win for you, Dustin. I'm, I'm rooting for them. All right, let's get the puck out of here. Do it. See you.